Okay, everybody, this week we are going back to 1985. We're going back deep on this one. We're going with the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando, directed by Mark L. Lester and written by Jeff Loeb, Matthew Wiseman, and Stephen E. DeSouza. The movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Radon Chong, Dan Hedaya, Alyssa Milano, and a few others. And it's based on him being a retired Special Forces Colonel trying to save his daughter that was abducted by his former teammates now working with terrorists in hopes of getting him to kill the president of a small country so their leader can take over. So if he wants to see his daughter again, he's going to cooperate, right? Wrong. Great action flick, lots of one-liners, classic 80s action. This is one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that he's ever done. I hope you guys enjoy the show this week. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Hey everybody, this is Chris reminding you to follow us everywhere where you get your favorite podcast at. We are on iHeartRadio. We are at Amazon Music, Google Music. We are at Anger.fm with where we're hosted. Most of all, we are on iTunes and Spotify. Please make sure when you listen to us on iTunes and Spotify to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. It does help a lot in the ratings. It's very much appreciated. I've also been asked, hey, how can I help support the show? Well, there's two different ways you can do that. Actually, three. The first two ways are we have on the anchor.fm site that we're hosted on a button that says support podcast. You can there press that button and donate any number of money that you like, whether it be a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, whatever you feel like doing. I've also signed up for Buy Me A Coffee. If you go to the Instagram page for Retro Life For You, there is a link there in the profile where you can buy me a virtual coffee and it's you supporting the podcast and helping us keeping things going. The third and most important way though is word of mouth and telling your friends and family about the show and sharing us with everybody. That is a huge help all on its own. Everything you do is appreciated and it will help the podcast go a long, long way. Thanks for being our listeners and supporters. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, your host of this show, the host with the most. And the host with not quite the most is over to the other side of the screen here. And if you're not watching and you're listening, it's Mr. Apparently today, his name is John Rollins. You know, Chris, let me tell you, I've been from California all the way to Austria, and there's no better podcast than yours. I, <laughs> I, hear, like for you. I hear they listen to us over there. <laughs> it's true. I, 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 no so doubt. What's up, y'all? Hey, I'm back again. I told you I was going to be out here more. So yeah, I had to change my name to John Rollins because, like, we'll bring it up. We'll bring yeah, it up. I mean, uh, well, let's just go ahead and do it now. I mean, all, 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 the, super, all the good superheroes have the name John in their name, right? Not superheroes, but sure. not superheroes, but action stars. I mean, we yeah. got this one here. We got John, uh, the one we're doing today, John Matrix. We got John Matrix for command. John Rambo, right? You got yep, John, John McClane. John McClane. You got John Wick. John Wick. We also have uh, John Constantine. Yeah, I mean, it's all. So that's what I was wondering. See, I, I, had te- I had sent Chris a voice message earlier today that I wonder if Keanu Reeves was a, an Arnold fan because he did he did Neo, which was in the Matrix, 
and then he was John Wick and John Constantine, which we have John Matrix today. Uh huh. See, so makes you think, don't it? Is there a little like connection? Is there like a seven degrees of Keanu Reeves or something? Oh, it's seven degrees of Arnold. Oh, oh now we have to Arnold. look up and see. Now we have to see if how many uh, movies that uh, uh, Keanu has won a Seiko in. Oh, is there a way that would they report that though? We don't know. Absolutely, man. Watch nerds know everything, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a watch nerd. I mean, check out this watch. Look at that. that? I'm not hair. wearing one today, but I guarantee you, I can do. I can do like this right here. Let me. I I have this nice recliner. Y'all can't see unless you're on video. I have this nice recliner that has buttons on it where I can like move my recliner in and out and my headrest it's got lights it's got a right. usb charger on it but i take the time to let that down and look i'm taking one step and let me grab oh, boom and i just sat right back down so that's one step away from me sitting back down and here we have uh timex here we have a blinged out bulova bulova if you're in in england uh, we've got a Citizen Eco Drive right here, and then we've got a Seiko uh, Kotura Day Date Perpetual, which means you set the year on it. It works off leap years. Okay, this isn't a watch podcast, Chris. But for those not watching who can't see this, <laughs> he is just demonstrating how much of a watch nerd he is. A little bit. Oh, and I've got my uh, and I've got my Galaxy watch that goes with my phone that's dead right there too. Yes. Yes. Well. Today, we'll be discussing a movie where a guy in the movie wears a pretty cool watch that does not make the noises that uh, it looks like it does, according <laughs> to the watch nerd here. Not. The watch it nerd is an has iconic educated. watch. Yeah, it's it is an, an iconic, iconic watch. An iconic watch, but the watch nerd here has informed me it does not make the beeping sounds when you do a countdown. Correct. And our, the, the Seiko, if y'all just Google the Psycho Arnie, um, I did request that Chris pull it up because I'm not in front of a computer at all right now. So I can't do any kind of research. I have to go off just what's in my brain, which means we're in trouble. So, <laughs> but if you just Google psycho Arnie, you'll, you'll find the watch that we're talking about. And it was actually first worn. And I am pulling this out of my brain um, in a James Bond movie. I don't remember which one, but it was first worn by James Bond. And then Arnold picked it up It's a psycho 525. I forget dash, blah, blah, blah. Bam. There's one of them. There are lots of different variations of this watch, too. I mean, if you're watching the video later, you'll see this. The video, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put bits and pieces on YouTube, you know, maybe not the whole thing, but we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah, here's you an idea. It's only $525, hey, everybody. Come on. That's worth it, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't lose it or step on it or sit on it or have a car run over it by accident or anything else. No, not me. When you really get into watch collecting, that's a cheap watch. <laughs> so glad I am not a watch collector. Mm, I wish I, I was. was. I was a movie collector at one point, and this was one of my movies I had for sure. Oh my god, yes. Let's get to the movie. Now this movie is, is on my voodoo account though, so I will say that I have a digital copy at least. I mean, this movie we always start off at this at this area. I'm going to start as usual. Release date October 4th, 1985. One of the two best years, I think, in the 80s for movies was 84 and 85. A lot of people say it was the two best years, hands down, for movies. 
all together. I mean, like all the movies throughout the year that come out, not just the year that, say, Top Gun came out or the year the Goonies come out or whatever. Nothing like that. Um, although the Goonies, I think, was 84. But, well, you know, another thing about this movie, too, particularly um, Commando, a lot of fans and a lot of critics consider this actually one of Arnold's best movies. They consider it – a lot of people I've just learned this week um, – a lot of people consider this actually his breakout role because, you know, he came through, he came, he's coming from uh, Conan the Barbarian. He's coming from Predator. And, you know, with the, the uh, nearly comical gore and violence in this movie, <laughs> this is, this is makes, without a doubt, one of the most violent movies you will ever watch. Um, makes me wonder, though. Let's see something we're talking yeah, about. Talking about where he came from and everything. Don't forget Cactus Jack and Hercules comes to New York. We'd love. I'm sure he, I'm I'm sure, Arnold. Look, I'm yeah, sure he'd like to forget do, it. That's the thing about doing an Arnold. If we're doing anything on Arnold, just about anything that we do on Arnold, I don't need a computer in front of me because I've been like this has been my guy since I was a toddler, dude. Like Arnold is my guy. It, that's my hero. Like I grew up like, you know what I mean. I can nearly quote the entire Conan the Barbarian movie to you. <laughs> I, I definitely know how you feel about this person. This I know. But let me tell you something. The movie Commando. All right. Before Commando, he had done, we talked about this when we did the All Things Arnold 1980s, right? The, yes. The Jane Mansfield story. Yes. Yes. Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Destroyer. He was in a video for girls' school, Don't Call It Love, where he's a bodybuilder. Right. The, Ter the Terminator. I thought The mm -hmm. Terminator was more of a breakout movie for him than Commando. But but as popular as Terminator was, Commando seemed like it really validated him and set him on fire because Terminator was big for him. And then he took a step, right. down, to then he took a step down to Red Sonja because he had to. He was obligated. And yeah. then he got Commando. Well, the thing about Commando was was it, it, it gave him, you know, so okay, so in Conan, the way the way that I interpret it, and I can see it too, being such a huge Arnold fan, um, you know, in in Conan the Barbarian and the Destroyer, he was he had a supporting cast, a strong supporting cast, like you know, any anything you do with James Earl Jones, I would consider that a strong supporting cast member. <laughs> And, you know, uh, he was still kind of it was more about his physique and his physicality than it was his acting. And then, you know, you get the predator. So so Conan was a breakout thing. You know, wow, look at this humongous dude. And he's you know, he's Mr. Olympia and everything. So then you get the predator. So predators. Awesome. Then you get the Terminator. Well, he's kind of a side note. The Terminator. We don't view him that way because he's the Terminator. Right. But honestly, Sarah Connor was. Yeah, so Sarah Connor was the main character, technically, in, in Terminator. So, right. you know, this was okay. kind of his first... Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. I mean, to cut you off, but let me ask you a question. So you brought this yeah. up just then. I don't want to get I don't get off track and forget about it. You yeah, say no. Sarah, Sarah Connor is the main character in Terminator, you're saying, but... Absolutely. Right, so you got three people who are your main, who are your top three people. You got, yes. you got Sarah Connor. Yes. You got the guy that got sent back from the future. I forget his Gone. name in the movie. Huh? That's John, isn't it? No, uh, John sends back this uh, person, uh, Michael Bean, or Bane, however you say his name. 
Yeah, but wasn't that his father? That was John's dad, though, wasn't it? Ends up being his dad, yeah. Yeah. So his name may have been John, too. I don't know. Then you got Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. So technically all three top stars of the movie. I would say now, you think Sarah Connor is who's on the run to the whole thing. The other guy's protecting her. Would you say in order it would be her, Michael Bean's character, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger as far as who? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would say that. In that movie, you know, the Terminator is the bad He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. You know, so it's like a comparison between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? Darth is, everybody loves Darth Vader. You know, especially in this day and age, everybody's about the bad guys. But then the story was truly about, you know, Yoda and and Ben Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. And Darth Vader was kind of a side note. He was the bad guy, which I feel that's kind of the same way in Terminator. If I analytically look at it, if I dissect it and really look at it, if I look at it as a fan, no way. Arnold's a star. But <laughs> but look at the story. Then no, nah, it's it's totally about Sarah Connor and John. I'm pretty sure it was John. Well, John Connor was the son's name. I cannot remember Michael Bean's. It is Michael Bean. Yeah, I can't remember his because he was Ringo Starr too, wasn't he? He was not for the eighteen thousandth time Ringo Starr. He was not. God Ringo. dang it! Who was Ringo? Johnny Ringo. The name Why did Johnny... I say Ringo Starr? Johnny Ringo. Why did I say Ringo Starr? I only do that on this podcast. I, that's the okay. only time I do so, that. So I've Michael got a Bean, Johnny Ringo hat. Michael Bean's character was Kyle Reese. In Kyle Reese. Thank you. And yes, Michael Bean was Johnny. Johnny Ringo. Ringo. Yes. Why do I say Ringo Starr, dude? I look. I live on a yellow submarine. And I'm sorry. You, you and one of my friends. I tell you, y'all are two of a kind. Okay, so to get back on subject here, back on Commando. Yes. Uh, he's. I guess Commando would be his real breakout thing. He's a. He's a hero now. He's gone from being Conan, which was kind of a. You know, it was kind of big for us. He's gone uh, back from Red Sonja. The Terminator is a bad guy. Back to Commando, where he's. And like, he truly carries the movie. Yeah. It's all. It's more about him. He's going to find his daughter. His daughter's been taken. Well, let's just start the beginning. His he was a guy who led a very formidable crew in special forces. Everybody in his special force team suddenly at the beginning of the movie is being killed off randomly. They've been given new names, new locations, new, new lives basically. But somebody has leaked the information somehow. These people are getting found and are getting killed. The last one to get killed was the one that. Um, he had gotten booted from his unit, whose name was Bennett. Bennett. And, uh, you see him go out on a boat, and the boat explodes. And then now they're coming after Schwarzenegger, it looks like. So the Army people have showed up now with a General Franklin Kirby. I know you want to say it. Go ahead. What? Franklin Kirby. <laughs> no, the Franklin Kirby. <laughs> you Franklin always do Kirby. that. You always Franklin do Kirby. I opened it up for you and you passed on it completely. Okay, so they show up at his house. He's got this real nice setup out in the mountains. I out mean, in the middle of like it looks like the Rockies and he's in with Samantha. Samantha. In the middle of Samantha. nowhere, Alyssa Milano, in case you're wondering why he's saying Samantha, is playing his daughter in it. And no Tony Danza is nowhere to be found. So and let me can I can I interrupt just right here? This you know any show we do is gonna run a few minutes over, but Look, 
I watched it today, and it was so funny. I, well, I watched some of it last night, and then watched some of it this morning, and had to go take care of myself. Uh, but you know, we've all seen this movie a million times. But it's so funny to me too to go back, and you know, I'm not looking at it from a fan standpoint this time. I'm looking at it from an analytical. I'm about to do a podcast on this. You know, so I'm like, I'm looking for things and I'm analyzing things that I wouldn't normally. And it's so funny to me that <laughs> I can remember being in love with Alyssa because, you know, we're just about the same age. So right. I can be, I can remember being in love with whoever he was in love with Alyssa Mulatto as a kid. We, we all, we all were. Absolutely, man. And she still got on these overalls with all these things dangling from them, the little gotcha stuff and the little bracelets and all. And what what really was funny to me was she was dressed exactly like she would have been in Who's the Boss. That could have been an episode of Who's the Boss if she went to visit her uncle. Could have been. <laughs> you know? Could have been. You never know. But definitely could have been. Hey, uh, so what, what, it's out, like you said, in the mountains. Could be the Rockies or something. It's a real nice cabin, log cabin-looking deal, you know, set up. And he's got everything, I guess, he could want. He's got this old – he's got this shed out there with – a giant gun safe in it, packed full of weapons. Right. I mean, and just a little setup too before this, too. To, to, you know, it goes through, it shows you some of his teammates being killed, like these guys right. on the back of the garbage truck, and they're like, oh man, because they showed up on the wrong day. Yeah. yeah so he goes running to take his track. I thought I was going to miss you. I thought you were going to miss me, he said. Yeah. We won't. Don't worry. We won't. <laughs> and then the news you come out. It'll pull a lid. So, but what I love about this movie too is the buildup, the part that you're talking about. So while Chris is Chris is describing this home, and it is a dream home for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, they've got like the infinity pool off the back and everything. But what's hilarious to me is like, you know, you see all these guys getting killed throughout the first, you know, five, fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes of the movie, and then you all of a sudden you see this chainsaw blade walking through the woods. Well, you don't you just see a chainsaw blade. Oh yeah, that was almost my, hey, that was almost my background. Yeah, right. Almost, almost. <laughs> and then it like pans out, and you see Arnold Schwarzenegger all oiled up and glistening with all his muscles, <laughs> turning a whole ass tree through the forest. <laughs> like, I mean, just turning a whole tree. Somebody, <laughs> somebody had to take that tree back. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! Look, he. And then they're getting <laughs> ice cream and playing in the pool. It's kind of, it's like, it's silly but cute, you know. Yeah, a little father, good father daughter time in there. He, he's, he's put his work in by getting his firewood for the month, it looks like. Yeah, and this is like two minutes of your movie, too. We don't yeah. have all this hour-long setup like we do these days. This is no, 80s action. This is good literally, stuff. If you include the buildup of his people, of his team getting killed off, we're literally at the six- or seven-minute mark. Yeah, this, that's this 80s action, baby. We get way, to the point. All the way up to him carrying this big log on his left shoulder and a chainsaw on the right hand. And then you see him and her feeding a deer, eating ice cream together in the closest local <laughs> town, playing in the pool. They're inside eating dinner, or I'm sorry, lunch. She makes some sandwiches for him. And to give you an idea of how, how they are together, you know, he's looking at their little little heart thing she makes them on the refrigerator. He's like, oh, I love you too, you know. And, and <laughs> yeah. He picks up her little magazine. She's looking at a little with music stuff in it. He goes, it took me yeah, like a TV several beat. times. What was it? Tiger Beat. It was no, called it Tiger was, Beat. My no, cousin it, had it. Right, but that's not the one he had, though. This was like Yeah, a, no, that ain't the same thing. one. So and it took me several times of watching the movie when I was younger before it finally hit me what he was saying, because it's Arnold, and his accent's kind of thick sometimes. And what, he, what he's saying is, is, 
why don't they just get it over with and call him Girl George and take away all the confusion? And he's talking yeah, about boy George. boy George. Yeah, call him Girl boy George. George. And she's like, that's so old, Dad. You know, they get this really good relationship together. Basically, it's like he wouldn't do anything; he would do anything for her, and she'd do anything for him. And so it's so funny to me too that that's 1985, and we're addressing we're addressing that kind of topic in 1985. We had Boy George come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon right. in 1985, and that's so old school. But and, anyway, and then you know Arnold, he really did want to hurt him. It sounds like, <laughs> do you really want to hurt me? Yeah. Um, so we got them talking. All of a sudden, he perks up and looks out the window like he can hear something or see something. And before you know it, a helicopter is circling around. It's uh, General Kirby pulling uh, coming down there. And he's coming out to basically warn him about how his crew is getting killed off, and he's afraid he's next. And he's uh, so Arnold gets upset, says, we was going to make a normal life here. This is supposed to be good for us. And he said, don't worry. We'll make sure. We get to them before they even get close to you. He's going to talk to some people, right? In the meantime, he's leaving two people behind with him. He says, right. are they good? And he says, yeah, they're great, but they're nowhere near as good as what you were. So he says, right. okay. So when he flies off, it's like no time when he flies off. you got to wonder in movie time how they followed him up there without being seen and got yeah. where they were. That's about they to bring me there to... in no time. That's about to bring me to something too the, of of subtleties from our eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties movies that we don't recognize. Things that we don't understand. Um, what they were telling us that are actually very true. Continue, and I'll I'll bust back in about that. What about, about what? how the things that they showed us? I say so. You were talking about the people that followed them up. And oh, the yeah. two guys that were left there. There was a moment. Okay, so just to pick up where Chris, Chris just left off. So it's nearly as soon as the helicopter gets out of sight, uh, Arnold like perks up and notices again, like a deer. You know what's that? He grabs. Uh, what's how? What's Alyssa's name? It's um, I want to say it's Sarah, but it's not because we're talking about Sarah Connor. But oh, he grabs. Well. I don't know if they gave her name or not. And let's see, her name in the movie. That's said a million times. Jenny. Jenny. So he grabs Jenny. He runs in the door. A dude pops up out of the bushes and starts clapping everybody. <laughs> the two other guys. Well, the one the one guy falls into the door. All right. And he's he's wounded. He's shot in the shoulder. And Arnold asks him, he tells Jenny to get to her room. He said, I need to get to the the awesome, crazy, awesome gun shed that yes. Chris mentioned earlier. Uh, he said, I need to get to my rifle. So you're like, your rifle? And he opens up his entire arsenal. It's so awesome. But anyway, he asked the guy how he's doing. He said, I'm fine. I'll make it. And he said, remember, you're downwind. He said, what, you think I can smell them? And he was like, I did. Yeah. So <laughs> if you were say that makes me want to bring up a point, though. If you are if you are accustomed to and living in an area, I was just talking with my neighbors about this. If I go, I, I live about 10 minutes away from the Blue Ridge Mountains and I'm about three hours away from the ocean. And we talk about how ocean water clear, the ocean air clears up your sinuses. Mm -hmm. The mountains do that for me. So even when I'm at the ocean, if right I'm here. on the beach, yeah, if I'm on the beach, then sure, the salt water clears up my sinuses. But as soon as I hit Highway 11 here in South Carolina, as soon as I hit the other side and I leave civilization and I get into these mountains, it can be full bloom. The mountain laurels, the, the lilies, the, the orchids that we have that grow out here, pine trees, anything. It can be all full bloom and my sinuses will clear up after a few hours out in this, in this area. And I go camping a lot. Three or four days, 
dude, my sinuses are gone. I can smell great. I can breathe great. Everything. It's and an elevation. The, the elevation and the mountain air both. I mean, it does. Yeah, work. absolutely. Does and so if you're in this environment and somebody comes out, they got some BO, they got some, some cologne or anything, pay attention to your surroundings. I do that. I was raised by a Green Beret and uh, 82nd Airborne Ranger. Um, so there's things I didn't serve in the military, but like I said, I was raised by those two individuals and you know, it sounds funny. I'm not a gun nut or anything. It sounds funny, but anytime I move into a new house, I move often. Um, when there's no one home, I actually blindfold myself and I walk around my home. I can turn off every single light in my home. And I promise you, I can walk around my entire home. I can walk around my yard and I can go to my neighbor's home across the street. We're, we're like family now. I can go to their home across the street, walk up their stairs and around their house, inside of their house, blindfolded because I've, I, I counted, I count steps. I know we're thinking, you know what I'm saying? Things like that are, it's real stuff. So that someone who's been trained like that and you live in that environment, if you pay attention to your surroundings, you really can't smell someone who is standing, you know, yeah. 20, 10 yards away. Yeah, you're going to. And what you're talking about, that's kind of the equivalent to people who go blind or have uh, problems with their eyes to where they can't see. Like, uh, what do you call it, glaucoma or something on their eyes? It's really heavy. Right, you know, yeah, cataracts, off. glaucoma. Uh, oh, no, I, I cataracts. Have, cataracts. I have pigmentary yeah. dysplasia right now. I have pigmentary dysplasia syndrome, which means the color of my eyes is rolling around and going in through and clogging up how my eye juice <laughs> flows and stuff. It's going to contribute to me going blind if I live to get old. My anyway. grandmother, uh, my grandmother had cataracts so bad that she could, she learned to know where she was in her house, her apartment, no problem. Like you said, lights, door, bedroom, how many steps away it was, same for the couch, coffee table. She didn't ever walk into anything. Now you get her to my house, it was a little bit different. She, yeah. she had to put her hands well, so out. It, goes, it goes back to, you know, we look at this as 80s cheese. We call yeah. it 80s cheese and we love 80s cheese. But at the same time, when I think about it truly, you know, being raised the way I was raised by the people whom I was raised by, the very first thing, and I do it unconsciously, the very first thing I do, my wife says, Travis and vulnerability don't go together. The very first thing I do when I walk into any room is assess the nearest, most efficient weapon, and I assess the, the exit points. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're trained this way, and, and John Matrix in this movie is supposed to be a highly trained individual. When, you, when this is pumped into your brain and it becomes second nature to you, things like this really happen. Yeah, yeah. And and back to the thing of uh, of how they got there so so quickly, it seemed like. Not only were they there quickly, they were there long enough that when he took off out of his living room to go to his shed, they already had time to get in the house, snatch his daughter, kill the other guy who was supposed to be really good, take all the distributor <laughs> All the plug wires, all of his <laughs> yeah. plugs and distributor cap, take all these off into a bunch and everything else, and take off and leave before he gets there. He That's gets one the of building. my favorite parts of the movie. I know he gets he gets back in the house and the guy falls dead in front and on the ground in front of him. The other guys in there are like, hey, you know, slow down. We gotta talk business. And he's holding a little heart thing Jenny made for him. <laughs> and he's like, if you want your daughter back, Colonel, you or wherever he was, you have to do what we tell you, right? He says, wrong. And he puts one right in his head, takes right off, in his forehead, takes off his right truck. over his, right over his left eye. 
What was it, a Bronco or a Blazer or just a truck? It was a K5 Chevy Blazer. I thought it was or, a Blazer. Or, or, or it was an old school Scottsdale with a bed cover on it. Don't let me don't it, let me get it, it wrong hard. like I did. Oh, don't let hey. me call the Fall Guys truck a daggum. <laughs> Chevy Ram? <laughs> it was a Chevy Ram. <laughs> don't, let, don't let Ray hear about it. You won't let yeah. it down. It was oh. either a K5 Blazer or it was a Scottsdale with a bed cover. I, it was it was hard to tell which for sure. It wasn't so fast, but he takes off when he says he when he's seen they made a mess of his of his cables. He says forget it and starts pushing the vehicle and jumps Up in and going. Well, it really wouldn't want much, much much of a hill, really. Not yeah, but still, I it pushed was, a Buick with Saber up a driveway. I, I was a juvenile enough. delinquent and I pushed a Buick with Saber up a driveway. And let me tell you, that was no small feat. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure those are big cars. <laughs> he, but he pushes when he goes over the edge. He jumps in the vehicle and he's coming down at him. And like the guy Bill Duke is in it as well. He was in Predator with him as well, you know. And he yes. says, "He says the idiot's coming to this. He's got no brakes, and the road apparently winds like a snake. Switchbacks, yeah, go all the way like this, going down the down the mountain. So he keeps crossing the road in front of them as he's going down the hill until eventually it looks like he's about to hit one of them. And I guess they put on their brakes and he misses and goes over into the thing flips. So they uh, apparently, I, I guess they didn't plan on taking him to start with just the daughter, but since this happened and he starts fighting them, they have to take him as well. All of a sudden out of his past, Bennett shows up. He's the one yeah. behind it all. It looks like, and he shoots him with a tranquilizer dart. So they get him back to this place. Dan Hadea is the next one he sees. He's in a room with people, uh, Dan Hadea. For, you, for, you, uh, for those of y'all that don't know, this is Nick from Cheers. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It was so hard. Carla's, okay, Carla's so husband. this moment, this moment that Chris is talking about, this is where the movie, like as an adult, uh, where I am in life right now with all my life experience, watching this movie, analyzing movie, this movie, Here, here's the disconnect. This is where I disconnected from this movie. So I've got Nick from Cheers. Who is Carla's husband? Was he her first husband? I believe he, so. Yes, I believe he was her first husband. If y'all know Cheers, if y'all listen to this show, then you know Cheers. So we got Nick from Cheers, and then <clears throat> Bennett. So I started analyzing Bennett, and I remember being a kid watching this. Like, how in the world is Bennett fighting him? Like, this dude's got a beer belly. Don't <laughs> us, hey, listen. Let me let me go ahead and say that don't us don't underestimate no dudes with no beer bellies though. Yeah, Chuck Liddell, hey. But but anyway, Bennett has this black cutoff sleeve t-shirt with a wire. It's like a it's like a mesh tank top over it. I guess it's supposed to look like chainmail or something. Yeah, it's almost like chainmail, I was gonna say. It's supposed to make him look tough. But like you know, I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to make jokes here. I was really thinking this earlier. I was like, why does this dude really giving off some serious uh, homosexual vibes here? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it just, that's how I felt. So I'm like, so, so Bennett is the ultimate baddie on, in the hold movie. Hold on, hold on. Are you saying he looks like he just walked out of the Blue Oyster Club? Maybe that or the Bear Cave. I don't know. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's something about him that just makes me not believe that he is a good enough. He, he is not a good enough bad guy to face Arnold in this movie. That is my singular flaw with the movie. I'm okay with Nick being the big baddie because he, you know, he's, he's the guy calling the shots. You don't have to be an awesome BA. Um, 
But if you're going to fight Arnold toe to toe, you got to be a BA man. And and Bennett just don't do that for me. He, he doesn't really give you the the worthy adversary. He does know, not. The movie you look for something. Not in else. any way. But then again, neither does Bill Duke, and neither does David Patrick Kelly. But I mean, you put them all together in a group of people to things that they can pull off and do. You know, Dan Hedaya does not stand up next to him, but he's like the only one who's not afraid of him. It seems like. True, but there again, Arnold is carrying this movie, so right. and he does a good job at it. So they, they pull him in there because Dan Hedaya wants him to kill this president of a country so he can step in and be the president, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is like having nothing to do with it. He's like, you know, basically he gives him a big old F you. He's not having nothing to do with it until Hedaya motions over there to Bennett. Bennett wheels in his daughter Jenny and puts a knife to her throat, and uh, yeah. so now he's got no choice. He's got He's got to do this. So he takes off with um, Sully, which is David Patrick Kelly. Oh, my God. Great character. Sully played his part to the team, man. Sully, the guy that plays Sully. For those of you who watched uh, 48 Hours, he's the guy from 48 Hours that was friends with uh, Reggie Hammond, who had had the money. He was holding the money, Mm -hmm. if you remember remember that. Sully, though, at one point, uh, as he's going to be put on a plane, or I'm sorry, Schwarzenegger's being put on a plane, with this other guy, I forget his name, and I can't see him on the screen here. He's he has there. been a bad guy in so many movies. Oh no, 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 not that guy. I'm thinking of the first, the first other guy, right. the one that right. blow, the one that blew up the boat. No, yeah, not him. But uh, the, the, the other guy. So he tells him, he says, "Hey, I tell you what." He goes, uh, "Here's a little, uh, here's a couple of dollars." Matrix. He puts it in his pocket. Says, "Have a couple of drinks when you get to so and so. Give everybody else a little more time with your daughter." And they both kind of giggle about it. He says. Uh, I like you, You're Sully. Funny, Sully. I yeah. like you. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you. That's why I'm gonna kill you last. Right, right. <laughs> now, you gotta remember this. Okay. This is important. This it's is important, important that you remember him tell him, you know, you're a funny man, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm gonna kill you last. You gotta keep that in mind because he is the second person he offs. <laughs> yeah. Take my strong hand. Uh, the first per- the first person's the guy on the plane with him. He takes it, he puts an elbow to his uh, face and breaks his neck. Now, why the people in front of them did not feel the commotion is beyond me. But what was that single it. hit? It, he elbowed him, which knocked him out, and then he just right. kind of did a quick. Think about how hard he stepped back into the seats of that elbow and how hard he smacked yeah, that was a big one. They had to feel something, but no one noticed the thing. Yeah, but I've so, been on I've been on quite a few planes, and people don't really pay attention to that. I I know it's just weird to me. So the the, the stewardess comes back, and he's already got a blanket on him and a and a pillow behind his head and his hat over his face. He says, uh, "Do me a friend, don't just do me a favor, don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired." This movie, <laughs> yeah. this movie probably has more one-liners in it than all of Schwarzenegger. Oh my god! And before he got on the plane, he looked at Bennett and said, "I'll be back." <laughs> yes, he did. He did. That's a little throwback to some Terminator. I'll be back. So we got him on the plane. He gets off the plane by crawling. No, he's he's walking as it's taking off, and the stewardess is like, "Sir, sir, you can't be up." He's like, "I'm air sick." <laughs> just All right. not, not even the air yet. So he goes back to where he can get back in the cargo area where mm-hmm. the, the wheels have let down. He's crawled out onto a wheel and he's up. Something if you want, if you guys to interrupt real quick, we already said this is going to go over, but to yeah. interrupt real quick, look, 
when y'all notice when he when, when he first opens up the door to the cargo area, there's a Doberman pincher who's barking right in his face and he jumps yes. back. So what tripped me out though was you could see how far the animal training has come nowadays. See, this is what's fun about watching these old movies too, versus newer stuff, is how things have come along, not just in CGI, but in how we shoot things and how you know, uh, like animal training, for instance, which is what I'm actually talking about. As he walks by that crate, that Doberman never stops looking straight ahead. It, it doesn't follow him like a normal dog would. It keeps barking at the door. So it's like whatever's in front of that dog to keep him to his cue, his trainer cue to keep him barking in that direction. He just that dog is trained in on that area and barking right there. Yes. I just thought that was something that that was something that stood out to me. Yes. And and he fall. I don't know how many feet he's in the air he's at when he's on the wheel out there, but he sees some watery area with high grass in it, high weeds. Mm-hmm. And he drops yeah, off to land in those swampy area there. Now I don't know if that would have cushioned him enough to really not keep him from getting hurt. But we are in the movies and we understand this. It's all for entertainment. He takes off running back across the airfield. I forget now when once he's in there. Oh. He, I guess he sees Sully getting into the car, and that's when he goes to Radon Chong, and you'll enter Radon Chong in the picture. All right. She plays, yes. the role of, uh, she plays the role of Cindy. She's a stewardess herself, and Sully has taken a liking to her already. He's hit on her mm-hmm. several times. So, Arnold and Radon is- Chong, for anyone who doesn't know, Radon Chong is actually Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong fame's daughter. Right. And. She is in the new remake, which I need to start watching. I haven't watched it. Uh, I love Anne, Anne Rice is one, probably my fourth favorite author. Uh, the new remake of Interview with a Vampire series, Radon Chong is in four episodes as I forgot her name and I can't look it up right now. Uh, but she's in four episodes of that and she has been working consistently Every year, she it's almost like she does a paycheck movie or, or TV series or something. That woman has been working for like it's it's pretty pretty uh impressive. Her yeah, her body of work. Yeah, the only other movie, well, I mean, I'm sure she's got a lot. The only other movie I've ever seen her in was Principal with uh, James Belushi and Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah, I can't think of I can't think of one off the top of my head. No, um, I just looked her up on IMDb. Yeah, yeah she's she's, she's worked nearly nearly every single year since the 70s really yeah yeah so the, the the funny thing is is that you know he's he enlists her help basically he rips out her car her car seat in the passenger seat and tosses it aside so we can sit in there more comfortably right that was and, so and, awesome it <laughs> tells her to follow that guy she needs he needs her to follow that guy he's got his daughter and all this other stuff and everything um, and she said i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> yeah yeah and you know so he does, you know, I mean, she does. They, they follow him, and um, he tells her, I need you to just go get his attention and act like you'd like him and all this stuff, and then I'll get him, and I'll take care of the rest from there, right? I'll do it. I'll take care of everything. Well, she doesn't want to do it. She thinks he's just a creep that's taking her, kidnapped her or something, so she tips off a security guard in the mall where they're at, where he's at, and the cops Which are- obviously is no problem for Arnie. Right, and the, the security guards on the radio cracks me up. We, know, we can't <laughs> say what he says on the show, but he's like, uh, he needs some help. Suspect is standing on her by the elevator. He's six foot whatever, green shirt. 
And Arnold's what? He's my height. Isn't, he, isn't, isn't, isn't in real life Arnold isn't but like 5'10, 5'9, 5'11. Uh, you know, he's don't not six me. foot tall. Off the top he's like my, my height. Let's see how tall. Because now you got me wondering. No, Arnold is short, dude. I remember that being a big joke. I know Stallone is short. Arnold's six foot two. Oh, is he really? Yeah, six foot two weighs in. He's like five eleven. Dude, six foot two weighs in two thirty five. Okay, that's a big dude. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, two hundred thirty five pounds. And then it says, uh, "He don't scare me." (laughs) I don't know what that means with that. Anyway, six foot two. Okay, he he don't scare me. He'll leave, but don't worry, he'll be back. So they Sully ends up seeing him out there where he's fighting the security guards, and she realizes now she's messed up and done wrong because the way he's acting. Uh, he tries to get to Sully best he can. He's in a phone booth trying to call and tip off the, the bad guys. He yanks the phone booth he's in out of the wall and flips it over his shoulders like a fireman carry flip onto the other side of the ground, fights off more guards, Gets uh, takes off, still chasing Sully. Swings from like Tarzan from a vine from a long balloon hanging from a ceiling. <laughs> no way, no way that holds his weight as he's as he's swinging across. It was just you know you know I'm right. You know it was an aired up balloon going all the way across. He tears it in half or something. Yeah, but we are talking out. about Turbo Man. We're talking about Turbo Man. But this is way before <laughs> Turbo Man was considered to be to be a Turbo Man. And so, <laughs> bottom line, he ends up chasing him on the road in the car chase. Uh, he's got right on Chong's car again. She runs out the front of the building and cuts him off. And she goes, "You wait, you wait, wait! You can't leave without me. How dare you leave without me? And you did this and you did that. Blah blah. Are you even going to tell me what's going on?" He's like, "No, no." no. No. So they chase him down. They finally get to Sully. The conversation he has with him. He's holding him by one hand. But the car chase, though. Wait a minute. We're skipping the car chase, bro. Yeah, well, I know. It's like he hits him with a car a couple times. They, the they car chase was nice, though. I feel, like, I feel like for the time, like the car chase was on par with some Bond car chasing. I mean, it, was, it was a great car chase, no doubt. I mean, It was a good car chase. Yeah. It was, and to the point where he knocked him over on his side, and then he rammed and her he was car a into Porsche. a telephone pole. Right, it was right. a Porsche. And it was very funny in the movie, because uh, it's like uh, this one part with uh, the Porsche, with um, let's see here, the um, where'd it go? The yellow Porsche is damaged in the side collision with the red convertible, but when right. Matrix flips it back upright and drives off in it, the side is yeah, completely yeah. undamaged. Nothing I can't wait to with this Smokey and the Bandit. I got so many car bloopers for you on that one. Right. It's like nothing had happened to this at all. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But he's got Sully, and he's holding him over this cliff. Now, in the movie, you can so obviously see a wire holding him up in the background. Right. Uh, that he's asking where Coke is. Well. Yeah, he's asking where Coke is. He's like, oh, he asked him where Jenny was. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know, but... Coke knows he he'll tell you he's like, but he won't. He says, yeah. Why not? He says, because I already know. And he dangles the keys at him. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, hey, Sully, do you remember when I told you I promised I'd kill you last? Wait, 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 wait. We're we're skipping a part though. We're skipping one what, hilarious oh, part oh, to me. Wait, tells him it's his weak arm. Yes, it's like we all know how big Arnold is, right? Yeah, and yeah. He's like, you better tell me, hey, Sully, this is my weak arm. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm holding in my little hand. Right, right. And he's like, then he's like, does it? Did do you remember what I promised? I said I'd be killing you last. Says, that's right, Matrix. That's right, you did. He goes, that's right. I lied. I lied. I lied. But what's best on it? What really tops it off is he goes back to the car and the girl. Right now, she's she's yeah. like, she's all about. She's all about business now, right? She goes. She's right. calling people. Well, she's okay, calling people but listen, listen. She's calling people by first name. Like she's known them for years. What'd you, right. do, with, what'd you do with Sully? John. I let them go. Yeah, yeah. What'd you do with Sully? Yeah, all right. Exactly. Like she's known Sully, the murderer. For years. Right. But, but, but what you're leading up to though is great too because we left out the fact that so in the convertible they hit a telephone pole and like crunched the whole front end of the telephone pole. Like the whole front end of the red car is I mean just scrunched around this telephone pole. It's yeah. a convertible. There's no chair in the seat that Arnold was in. Him and Radon Chong are both just fine, a hundred percent, just okay. Yeah. That's and she's like, what are you going to do now? You don't have a car. So like, he looks over at the Porsche and it's sitting on its side and he goes over just like, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> just shoves it over. <laughs> this movie is so great. And he's just, now I got a car. Yeah, and, and then, it's like he didn't even try either. It's like, <laughs> so then we get he goes to the hotel room. He's finding information, you know, where Sully's supposed to meet Coke at. He finds some more information about like a map or something where mm-hmm. some uh, planes fly out of and stuff. And Coke comes to the door and they end up getting into a fight. And he's like, Yeah, this, this green beret is going to kick your butt. And he says, I eat green berets for breakfast. All right. And they have a fighting, end up in the, in the adjoining room fighting over there. Some couple, if you noticed, some, I didn't notice this uh, um, at when I first watched this, even for the first few times. I was, I was I was younger, I guess I wasn't looking at that. But there's a camera. This couple is in there. And they they got it going on, and they're filming it with a camera. It's up on a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're like, so they're fighting, and he got uh, the one of his little moments where you know Coke gets up with the not the gun, points at his face. He says, "F you," and he goes to shoot him. He's got no bullets. Right, and I was like, "No, f you!" <laughs> so he ends up fighting him, and he flips him over, lands on a big wooden thing, kills him. He's gone. He's dead. They take well, two things out. here. Well, two things here that makes me wonder. So it it never tells us what Spec Ops John Matrix was. So it makes me think he has to be Delta Force because Delta Force is the only thing that you had at the time that was above and beyond 82nd Airborne and Spec Ops, uh, Special Forces. Green Beret. Green Beret is Army. Spe- so if you know what, uh, so every every branch of the military has their own Special Forces. Right. You've got Marine Recon. Okay. You've got uh, SEAL Team Delta Six. So SEALs are SEALs are Navy's Green Berets, and SEAL Team Six just caught a lot. They garnished a lot of attention because of a Taliban, uh, uh, whatever. So anyway, so you got your SEALs are the, in the Navy. That's the equivalent of your Green Berets. You've got the re- Marine Recon. That's your equivalent of the Green Berets. You've got your Air Force Commandos equivalent of the Green Berets, uh, and then you have army who has green berets delta force and 82nd airborne who are all free extremely elite uh in different ways but extremely elite. so it makes me wonder that but on to the second point my man comes driving up in the blue car in the blue caddy which we skip past this 
he when he goes into the dealership in the beginning of the movie, he's like, yeah. he's like I like Cadillacs. He's like, yeah. And he cranks it up in the deal inside the showroom now in the building. And he's like, yeah, feel that power. And he's like, you know what I like most about this car? He's like, what? He said the price and he like threw it in reverse. <laughs> like my dude jumped in front of him. Like you can't drive that in here. He just drove the car through the plate glass window, everything right out of the dealership. And that was the guy. Well, that was one of the team members from matrix. He killed off that way. Yeah. 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 So then they go and they, and they took, of course this is a different, this is a different Cadillac though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but anyway, uh, they ended up taking his Cadillac to a place where the map had told them they were trying to get, um, well, I'm I'm jumping ahead of myself here. First, they got to go and get it. He said, we have to go shopping. So they go to uh, like a uh, army surplus store or something, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting knives. He's getting boots. He's getting vests. He's got pants. He's got uh, bullets. He's got shotguns. He's got pistols. He's got uh, quite a few things. Then he goes and he like, he, he knows right where to go and hits a button for the the good stuff behind the counter, right? The door mm-hmm. opens, the wall turns and opens in. There's like an army surplus in there. There's rocket launchers. There's AKs. There's M16s. There's I don't know what all there is in there. I mean, I don't grenades. Know. That's where he got the four the four piece like the missile launcher with the four yeah. piece. It's not That's just what? a grenade or rocket launcher. Like it's a straight up four piece missile launcher, like you would use in Dagum Call of Duty. Yes, yes. So he gets all these things, and he sends her out to the car with it to load it up in the car. He's getting more stuff before he gets over that the cops pull him over. Right. So yeah. she's like, "What am I going to do now? I got, I got to get him out of there." So she pulls up. Yeah. The, 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 he's the in a paddy wagon too. They yeah, put him in a paddy wagon. Definitely in the paddy wagon. And he's telling them, if you'll just contact General Franklin Kirby, he'll explain everything. He goes, Kirby, yeah. I think, Kirby. We, ran, I think we ran him in last week. Dr. Franklin so, Kirby. So she pulls up by him. She's looking up at him. And she's smiling. He's like, not bad. He goes, hey, I think she likes me. You know, and they take off and she stands up with that rocket launcher. And like, well, the guy that's she-? in the passenger seat, the, the, the guy that's in the passenger seat, like, I don't know, he reminds me of so many famous people, but not, he's, but he's not, you know what I'm saying? But right. he's like, he's got that I look. The guy, his name's like Vinny or Tony, and he cooks pizza and Strombolis <laughs> when he's not. <laughs> like, like, it's so, like, everything is so cliche in this movie. I love it. Uh, it could be. I don't know where, uh, uh, you know, where I've seen him at before, though, but I'm sure you've seen people that look like him, though, in many other things and that talk like Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Like so they, they look in the rearview mirror like, what is she doing? She's standing up because I think she wants me. And then she fires the rocket launcher, but she's got it turned backwards and she blows up the building behind her. You know what? He looks like it's, it. You know what it is? It's Joe Pesci's nephew. That's Joe Pesci's nephew. Is that what it looks like to you? <laughs> Speak that. Yeah, listen, listen. You make that that notice right there. Somebody making little uh, comments about the movie in the trivia fact said Vernon Wells described his look as Freddie Mercury on steroids. <laughs> You're picturing it now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, you know. Actually, while I'm on this page, I didn't know this. Schwarzenegger and Radon Chong shot a love scene, but it was deemed unconvincing and it was dropped from the movie. Well, that's funny because I remember this movie when I was a child on VHS seeing Radon Chong kind of naked. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I'm not. I'm yeah. not trying to be weird here. I'm just saying, like, I remember that distinctly. I mean, it stands out, right? Yeah. Uh, Mark Lester really wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to dangle David Patrick Kelly over the edge without any help. Arnold said, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> so they used a crane to hang Sully off the cliff. Um, I can see that because while he was strong, yeah, you know that kind of the way he was holding him, dude. The way that use your delts and your lats. And to to dangle someone that's even of that size, you know, Sully wasn't a big guy. No. And, you know, we're talking Mr. Olympia here. But to hold someone straight out like that by their ankle, by one ankle. Right. Uh, yeah, that's not safe, bro. No, it's not <laughs> safe at all. Even if it's Arnold. You know, even if it was Brock Lesnar, you know what I'm saying? Like, it don't matter who it is. That's not that's not a good look. No, because those are, those are muscles that you know. What I mean, you're using your trip. You're using your trapezo, your trapezius muscles, which is the ones that go from your neck to your shoulder. You're using your deltoids, which are your shoulder muscle, and your lats, which are your back muscle. So all of that stuff, while they train that hard to get that good look, that's those muscles. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's that's and, uh, that's. And all these muscles he just listed, everybody. I lost a long time ago. <laughs> Now I've got in its place this thing called fat, and, hey, it, hey. and it's, it is holding the muscle area in place in case they ever want to come back. Though there you go, but so, it's fun to get it though. So yeah. let's got a radon. Let's so, got a radon shooting the daggum rocket launcher so, backwards and blowing up a pawn shop or something. Right. So she finally flips it back around. They're like, and when she they, she flips it back around, they they figured it out real quick. Oh no! Oh no! And she shoots it. Well, when she shoots it. They're apparently not as far away from her as it looked like to begin with. I guess it's true. Objects in the mirror do look further away. You know? than they so they're closer than they appear. Yeah. So this is, so she shoots it and it, it lands perfectly under the thing and blows up and flips it over on the side. She goes and gets him out. Uh, they take off. They go to the place where the plane is supposed to be. When they go in, they and see- how is it? How is it just, I, I don't know, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting, but how is it he crawls out, like, it looked like it hit the tire, but then, like, he crawls out a hole in the bottom of the truck. Like, he doesn't crawl out the door. It's like he crawls right. out the bottom. Well, it, it, the, the missile went under the van and exploded, so I guess well, yeah. it blew a hole in the bottom of the van. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that's best I can figure on that one, so... But anyway, they he they go ahead and you know he, she gets him. They get back in the car and they go someplace where they've got amphibious. You know, they got planes, and uh, they they sneak in and he they they see this one map where it's going to a certain place. And um, I guess he recognizes the coordinates or something. He's like he's known this place before or something like that. And she has actually been getting her pilot's license, so she's going to fly this plane. As it turns out, it's one of the amphibious planes. And she says, it's not a plane. It's like a boat on wheels. He's like, well, get in and start paddling. (laughs) We got to go. So these people come up. Of course, they've been spotted. So we start getting machine gun fire again. And uh, he ultimately ends up taking them out. But not before he goes into the plane because the plane won't start and smacks the console a couple of times. It says, fly or die. There it goes, you know. I love this movie, dude. I was so y'all. I was t- so Chris was talking about. I forgot exactly the conversation that we had a couple of days ago, but I told Chris I was. Well, I, I responded to Chris in a in a voicemail, and I told him I said 
I said, dude, I said, I think it's just Commando's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but like after watching it, I forgot. I honestly, I forgot because there are works that he's done that overshadow it for me. But I forgot how truly awesome this movie really is. This movie, movie is, is awesome. It really is a it's a classic, dude. This movie is legendary, one hundred percent. I just had this conversation with somebody earlier. I, I did a different podcast earlier, and it'll be out before this one, so you'll already know about it. It's uh, Red Dawn. I talked about Red Dawn with somebody, and I said, you know, there's some movies that <laughs> which I'm 80s. so sad I was busy and didn't. Well, get you know, I can't help it. You got busy and couldn't get there. You should. You would have enjoyed. Uh, I would have loved to have done Red Dawn. Red Dawn's great. I, the remake I, with Chris uh, Hemsworth was good too. If you haven't seen it. I mean, it was all right, but it did not top the original by no means. It didn't touch and the original. We we brought that up quite a few times, but uh, I would I, I'll try to work out something where I get you and him on at the same time one day. He he's he's good to talk with and everything. Uh, so, but we were uh, we, I brought it up and I said only certain movies from the eighties will I rewatch hundreds of times, and I do it because of the story along with it. I mean. You just don't want to watch a movie because they blow stuff up all day. You want something. Yeah. A little, a little, so there's a good story behind this. He's retired. His team got killed. Someone comes and get him, steals his daughter. They want him to do something. He doesn't. He has to go rescue his daughter. All this, keep in mind, takes place in an 11-hour window. Right. Um, well, let me rephrase it. No. No. Uh, from the time the plane was supposed to land and the other guy was supposed to call right. the big bad back, Nick. Uh, from cheers but from the time from the time <laughs> he that was, the plane, it was an 11 hour flight yes from the time he was a plane that's supposed to be all in an 11 hour window there was a few hours before him where they called him and took him and all that good stuff that's so, where the psycho when they zoomed in on it was going yes <laughs> the watch does not do <laughs> I, i'm upset now the watch does it. it's not worth 600 dollars no more <laughs> Before, before when it counted down with noise, I was I was considering the six hundred dollar fee, but no more, no more. So, uh, where do we leave off at? Oh my god! Uh, oh, they're at the plane area. They're taking off with the plane. Yeah, they're so, taking off in the so, biplane. Why? All right. So we get to where they land the plane. Somebody. So oh oh, before we do that, cameo in the movie, Bill Paxton. Uh, before he got big, he's got a small role in this movie, where yep. he's the guy who is telling them. To uh, they must first acknowledge. Wait a minute. What year was Weird Science filmed? Oh, so I cannot hey, call oh. anything he does oh. before he got big because he was big to me when he was Chet. Weird Science. <laughs> weird Science was eighty-four or eighty-five. <laughs> You know Bill Paxton what? is. Oh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna find out now. Bill Paxton is on my top five list of most underrated hey. actors of all time. All right, check this out. Weird Science was 1985. This movie, oh. this movie is 1985. Let's oh, see. Well, we gotta let's find the see. month. <laughs> yeah, let's see which one came first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think this was life or death, wouldn't you? But, yeah, it, it is, mean, man. This is retro life for you, bro. We have to know. We bring the answers. We bring the science. Weird science. <laughs> All right, it's down here. Don't 85. make us wear bras on okay. our heads. Okay. And hook okay. Electrodes hey. up to a Barbie doll. All right, you win. You win. Uh, yeah. He was big as Chet before he was in Commando. So we'll call Sweet. it a cameo. We'll just call it a cameo. Beautiful. I can still be a cameo, but. 
he was big for me when he came out when we were signed. So, yeah. You know what though? He's big with Schwarzenegger. He had a he had a, a cameo in Terminator. Oh, bam! Yeah, dude. That's what I said. Bill Paxton is in my top five list. Most underrated actors of all time. He's been in so much. And don't forget with Schwarzenegger in True Lies. He was a car salesman. Yeah, he was also in one of my favorite um, older vampire movies. I think it was called uh, After Dark or Before Dark. Near Dark. Near Dark. Thank you. Near Dark. He played a vampire in Near Dark. It was great. Yeah, Bill Paxton was in quite a few things. But I mean, it's just funny how he had that small part as the guy telling him that when you know, well, you know, Chet was kind of big, but he would he wasn't in a lot of the movie though. It was mostly yeah, no, no, yeah. When you say Bill Paxton, I go, I nerd out. I get what you're saying, though. So, uh, so past that, they're landing the plane where they want to be, where they need to be at. Okay. And he put on all of his damn football. I, 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 I thought this was unnecessary when I first saw the movie, but then I understood why when he hit the beach. So we get Arnold getting out of the big amphibious plane in a in a, in a speedo. Okay. <laughs> you get this big muscular looking guy, big broad shoulders, giant arms, legs, all. Bulging out, and he's got this little tiny speedo. It's, I mean, he looked like you know Arnold Smurf, but he wasn't blue, you know. Yeah, because they get all these little white diaper they got on, all they wear, you know. <laughs> and here he is with this one little dark speedo on. So he, hey he man, up, hey. Uh, hey, I'm way more chill than you, dog. What are you wearing? What am I wearing? What are you Come on, dog. Come on, dog. Look at here, no hair. Makes me uh-huh. makes me more aerodynamic when I fight. Uh, is that it? <laughs> That's why he shaves his underarms. <laughs> oh, we we can't have Travis on much anymore. I tell you, he's just, he's gotten out of control. People, he's gotten out of control. We, That's right. We, okay, he, so we're on the beach. He he's got his uh, he's got so, his football paint on. Yeah, Super Bowl. He, but hold on, hold on. You can't you can't go that far yet. He he, he, oh, my bad. Up, he paddles up to the beach, and this scene right here. This scene is what makes John Matrix better than John Rambo eight days a week. Okay. Whoa. I said it. That is a heavy statement. That is a heavy statement. I said it. I will back it up. I will die by it. I say it again. John, John Matrix, Matrix versus John, John Rambo. Matrix. Really? Because look, the man that is here. And this is why he is so bad. Okay. Yeah, this He's is got this everything. Is this is a real reaction video and audio here because I am blown away that this man just said that John Matrix would kick Rambo's John Rambo's. No, 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 I didn't say that. I said John Matrix is better than John Rambo in the sense of what he's doing the right same now. Thing? Better than what he's doing right now. Because listen, oh, okay. because listen, he is suiting okay. up. We'll say we'll say he's suiting up. He's got now he's got some pants on. He's lacing up these big boots he's got on. He puts his vest on. Of course, he's got no shirt, but just the vest. But on the vest, it holds several grenades and pistols and shells and everything else. He puts this and paint, fake this ass paint, survival knife. This paint across <laughs> his head and everything across his face. Nobody's carrying that griddle. I can believe John Rambo's survival knife better than I can John Matrix's. He's That's got okay. that. He's got that jockey lot $15 survival knife with the compass and the wire saw in the back. So I had one. Don't knock it. I had one. So he's got this thing. He's, he's got this. I don't know what gun this is. If you if you could see my screen right now, uh, this is. Uh, Did they make AUDs back this, then? This is him behind me right there. Way he's off. Look at all that stuff he's got on that vest right there. 
Look at all that. Okay? Yeah. He's got that gun. The gun is slung over his shoulder with his right arm. He says he's posing right now, all right? He's got the pose going on. That was my that, 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 that was my right loadout. That was my loadout and domination on, on Call of Duty 3. <laughs> Think about this, though. In Rambo, First Blood Part 2, his whole get-up, where he just sits there and he, I guess he, I don't know what, tightens up his boot or something. He puts a bandana on his forehead and puts a pendant on, a little jade pendant for luck. This guy Easy. is putting Easy. everything I know this ain't that podcast, but you know what that jade pendant meant. Uh-huh, I know what it meant. That was all he needed. Uh-huh. But then <laughs> that Jade Pender didn't shoot half the army when he came up against either. True, true. But you know, that's why they make that's why there's so many um you know, that's why there's so many Chuck Norris jokes. Like, you know, Chuck Norris once urinated in the gas tank of a semi truck and that semi truck is now on the Optimus Prime. You know. But you know, you don't hear you know why there's not many jokes about uh Bruce Lee? Why? Because Bruce Lee ain't no joke, dog. That's right. <laughs> That is correct. So it's kind of the same comparison. That's right. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. Well, no, that's, that's fine. That's, no, that's fine. See, you are just trying to find an opportunity to 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 shoot down my theory that the badness that is Arnold Schwarzenegger right now in this movie at this point is not legit. This is legit. I no, mean, it's, it's totally through. legit. And see, I'm shooting it down. I'm shooting it down though. While while Schwarzenegger, if if I'm going for my greatest action hero of all time, it's totally Arnie. Arnie is my dude. But John Matrix versus John Rambo, damn. Do you know? Do, do you know in past podcasts that we have done the Schwarzenegger um, podcast episodes we have done? I know you're the Stallone guy. I'm the armor guy. I know. Guy. I know. Guy. That's the bad thing. I like a lot. How more are we in of, different chairs tonight? I like. I like a lot more of Stallone's movies, but when it comes to the character that I'm thinking looks the the his portrayed to be the most you know baddest guy in the world in their movie, they John did a, they, they did a they did a better job. Of portraying Matrix is unbeatable. I, I think I think Matrix may win out of all of Arnold's characters too. Honestly, and and to top it off, he's got the best one-liners. Yes, he really absolutely. does. He gets I don't there. Know. He watched the last action hero. I don't well, care who hates. Oh my gosh, rubber baby buggy bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> I never was big on that movie. It's all right, but I, I love that right. movie. You put uh, Arnold in anything, I'm going to watch it and love it. He 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 he's blowing up buildings now. He's he is he's you know machine gunning his way through. He sees this big gate, picks up the rocket launcher. He's got two shots left in it. Throws it on his shoulder. Uh, here's a jeep behind him. Turns around, shoots the jeep, blows it up. Turns back around, blows his way through the big giant door. How did he blow up four, three or four buildings? Like when did he? I never shot him setting the C four. Yes, or it did. He was going around setting these oh, little devices, these little these little devices up against the buildings. At okay. one point. The guy comes up behind him and he's like, you know, he whistles and says, uh, hey there, or something like that. And he hits That's a button right. and shoots a knife or something out of it and kills him. Cuts That's another right. guy's throat as he's setting it. We're we're into the point of the movie that I fell asleep or had to wake up and leave and didn't review fully. Yeah, so, so. that's what that's what he did there. <laughs> so now all this is happening. And this is where he tells Radon Chong, she says, How do I know when to start calling the the command out? He says uh, he says, don't do it until, you know, I've begun everything. She says, how will I know? He's like, you know, because all hell's going to break loose. That's right. Like, exactly what he said. 
but you know it's close enough. And close uh, enough. as soon as she hears that sees those buildings blowing up, I guess she's on the radio. But <laughs> that's also the same time that Bennett is on the way to kill Jenny. They find out that he did he wasn't on the plane. And he looks right. up and goes, he just looks up and goes with this big grin on his face, like he can't wait, like, Welcome back, John. Glad you can make it. You know, that's another thing about Bennett that kills me. He doesn't even do sadistic well. Yeah. You know, like that Bennett for me, for me, honest to God, I can I can even handle like I said, I can handle uh Nick being the ultimate baddie, but Bennett is the Bennett is the total disconnect for me in this movie. Yeah. He doesn't convince me in anything he does. No, no, and and then and then Schwarzenegger at this point is making his way. Ooh, he's not much. he's not stopping. He's just running straight ahead. Oh um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just gonna bypass the the part where he's in that little shed. A grenade is sending him flying. And he went to a shed to recover for a second. Of course, yeah. he makes it. Of course, he makes it back out with a little in in uh, little um, creativity, we'll say, and he makes his way to the mansion finally, where he knows Jenny's probably being held. That's where. Uh, Dan Hedaya's character is that she had escaped from the room they hit her in. She tore the, she got the doorknob off and pried some of the wood off one of the windows. They boarded up her windows and she's taken off running. And so Bennett takes off after her. He sees where she goes. She had just gotten out of the window and Schwarzenegger has come into the house and Bennett's now gone. So he can't fight him just yet. But Dan Hedaya and his, some of his henchmen are there and he ends up fighting them for a little bit. What he does a Hidea, I mean, what he unloads, what, three shots, four shots from the shotgun on him? Yeah, that um, brings me to another point. <laughs> I got lots of points on this one. <laughs> Let's see, this brings me to point number 97. Right, that brings me to point number 742. Is it not amazing how Arnold, in every action movie I've ever seen, Arnold is the king at this. I don't care if he grabs a gun off of a helicopter, an M16, whatever that thing is in the picture. Dude, this dude, like you can kind of see his muscles bouncing, but this dude is a human tripod for projectile weaponry. Like he does not, dude, he's so locked in and just like, I know they're shooting blanks, but at the same time, they're still shooting 125 gram blanks. That's a, that's a kickback, bro. And he's like holding this stuff one handed, fully extended and he's barely moving. It's like, right. like, okay. You know, I understand this is seven time. Yeah. Cause Lee Haney broke his record. Yeah. His seven time, Mr. Olympia. But I mean, good grief. This is like that is I don't know how many of y'all out here shot guns, but I mean, dude, and and the Mossberg that he the the pump that you're talking about him shooting the yeah, I believe it's a Mossberg, dude. I don't care if you put low brass bird shot in that. That's got some kick, bro. And he's like, it doesn't phase him, mm-hmm. even even if it's blanks. That that amazes me about him in in these movies. Like his his stature is is unbelievable. And you see at one point when he's uh, exchanging gunfire with Dan Hedaya, he's got an M16 in his right hand. He's got a pistol in the left hand standing behind this statue going left to right. Like, what's he going to shoot? Then he just unloads the M16 with his right hand only all the way down this glass doors, following trailing him, trying to shoot him. But Yeah, for those of y'all that don't think that's impressive, go ahead and go buy some blank shots. Buy the lightest brass you can buy. Just Google it. You'll understand what it means. Buy the lightest loads you can buy, load them into one of these weapons, and fire it. And you will understand how impressive this is. 
Absolutely. Well, we're pretty much at the end. I mean, the movie at this point, uh, he, he finds where Jenny is. He keeps hearing, he hears her voice. She hears him. Bennett jumps out and grabs her before she knows it. And then Schwarzenegger's coming around the corner. He catches a bullet in the arm. And this is where it starts to get good between the two of him, him and uh, him and Bennett. Right. So, they're in the basement or something. Right. And Jenny's like, Daddy? yeah, they're like this Daddy? basement of some sort. There's a boiler room down there too. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, whatever they're doing. And she's like, so after he shoots me, he's like, he's like, John, how's your arm, John? Go ahead and stick your head <laughs> up, John, and I'll I'll make it quick. He goes, well, why don't you come over here? He says, yeah, I'll pass. I don't I know, I know what's waiting for me if I get over there, basically. So um, he steps out in the most awesome way and pulls the knife out. It's got the knife in front of him. He's like, what are you doing, Bennett? He goes, you don't want to shoot me. You don't want to hurt the girl. You don't want to shoot me. You want to put the knife in me. He goes, you want to, yeah. see, the, you want to see the life yeah. going from I my only eyes. Have one arm, Bennett. I only have one arm. You can beat yeah. me. And then he tells him, <laughs> what, is, what does he tell him? What does he tell him there at the end of the little Come the little on. Game? He says, come on. Right. I, I don't know. He said, he, throw away something. But I remember him saying, no, I remember no, him saying, I only have him. one arm. You can beat me. Right. <laughs> But he tells him he's got the knife up there in front of him, still twisting the knife, letting the light reflect off of it, like he's trying yeah. to mesmerize him with it. And he goes, "Don't deprive yourself of some pleasure, Bennett." He goes, "Come on, let's party." <laughs> he stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stopped about something about the feeling when you turn the knife or something. Yeah, he's like, "You want to feel the? You want to put the knife in me?" He says, "You want to feel it as you see the life drain from my eyes." Yeah, yeah. Come on, Bennett. Let's party. He says, "Don't deprive yourself." <laughs> Of some fun. Come on, man. Yeah. Let's yeah. party. You don't, you don't need the girl, but let's party. He, he, see, now that's another thing, too. Like, he started talking to Bennett, like, okay, so see, this is, to me, like, even though this is 80s cheese, and, and you know, the writers probably weren't this deep on it, you know, he even says he stops addressing or, or, or referring to Jenny as his daughter or his love, or whatever, you know what I'm saying, like, he said, you don't need the girl, you know what I mean, it's like, she's just the girl now, like, right. come on, fight me, you don't need the girl, you, like, she means, it's like, she doesn't matter anymore, you know what I mean, the psychology you know, is playing is deep, on Bennett in that yeah. point, you know, that's what I'm saying, that is, that is deep, though, because now he's like, maybe she don't mean as much to him as he as he thought she did, or something, it's not, yeah, I wonder, it makes me wonder if the writers were thinking on that kind of level, Could you be. know, it could be it's a very good point because you know that makes you think at that point is like you know she's just a girl let her go you'll need a girl you know it's not like he's being serious saying please let jenny go let my jenny go or yeah or let my daughter go or you know what i mean it's almost like yeah and and in the movie it seems like too it's like you know even when even when bennett lets jenny go he really kind of he doesn't say anything to her he kind of as i remember it he doesn't even kind of give her a second glance he just goes straight in on bennett so it's like kind of like a thing where it's like you know and that's that's hearkening all see that's that's levels man it's levels to stuff that you can get to analytical on that's hearkening back to that soldier training that machine training that that our, our military puts into people like that that you know my daughter's safe now but I still have to take care of you. 
So he doesn't even give Jenny, that I remember, he doesn't even give Jenny a second glance. Jenny no. takes off running and he goes straight in on Bennett, like just honed in, laser focused. Right. You and, know? and they're fighting with so the like, There's levels to the psychology here, even though it's an 80s cheese action movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they go straight into the knife fight. They have a little bit of, you know, you know, both in the losing their knives at one point, they're fist fighting now and uh, they fall over a rail down toward the bottom where she's no longer an immediate threat in any immediate danger because they're now down. <laughs> the bottom. You know, what's, you know, it's funny to me. You know, it's funny to me. The pot belly dude with no muscles. I mean, he's a big guy. OK, but the pot belly dude Bennett with no muscles is telling John, who's absolutely ripped. Like you're getting old, John. You're yeah. Getting old. <laughs> you lost a step, John. John. Like you're this dead. dude is ripped. <laughs> you're like, you getting old, John. You're getting you're old. A, you're a dead man, John. <laughs> oh my God. So then he goes and lays into him. Well, what gets me at this point is Arnold is this shot after shot after shot after shot, knocks him into a high voltage thing. Well, you think this is gonna be the it. This is it. The Bennett is into the high voltage, he's screaming bloody murder, electricity's flowing, coursing through his body. Then he pops off of it. And and he starts. This is where he's like, "You're getting old, John." Boom, boom. I'm enjoying this, John. And he's yeah. More, and he goes, "You're a dead man, John." So when uh, then Matrix unloads on him and sends him flying, and now Bennett, he's he's bleeding from the nose pretty bad, and he's hurting, and he lands right next to a, 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 a one, the gun, and he picks up the gun. He says, "I'm not going to shoot you between the eyes. I'm going to shoot you between the balls before he can do it." <laughs> If you're watching the if you're watching the video, you can see my little ticker going across the bottom here. The biggest one liner in the movie: Schwarzenegger yanks a pipe off the wall and slings Dude. it and throws it like a like a spear. It, it one of the best right death scenes chest, ever, right through his chest, and steam is coming out the back end. And all he says is, "Let out some steam, Bennett." Yeah, yeah. But that was one of the best. That, that was one of the best death scenes to me too, though, ever. Yeah, like this pipe has still got all the steam blowing up. Yes, yes. But and, now, and now, now we get father looking up at daughter, daughter looking down at father. They're both happy and grinning again. Things are all mm -hmm. right in the world. He's carrying her in his left arm down the beach through the place where he killed yeah, everybody. There's, the there's bloody some more psychology, bro. How did you just go through all of this as like a? I don't know, 85. So that makes Alyssa Milano uh, 85. I was five. So that makes Alyssa Milano maybe three or four years older than me. How old was she? 10? Like she, I don't know. Not even that old. Was she your age? Was she 10 or 11? Uh, when were you, when was she born? You mean? Yeah. 1985. So when, yeah, when was she born? Well, let me find out. I know uh, I was born. You're 78. 70, right? I, I, was, I was born in 73. Oh, 73. Oh, you got a few years on me. Yeah, I got a few years on you for sure. Well, I was born at 80. Well, maybe you're closer to her age than me. Oh, I'm definitely closer to her age, I think. Uh, so are you saying? Well, maybe well, hey, maybe so she's a cougar. Hey, maybe she likes cougar guys. Don't be no so, dream killer. So you're saying <laughs> I stand a chance. All right. <laughs> That's what I said. Maybe she likes younger guys. Maybe she's a cougar. Don't be no dream, dream killer. Oh, uh, no. we don't. She wants nothing to do with you, sir. Oh yeah, she does. She likes. She likes. Damn, I was gonna say she likes bald head and beards, but look at us. Hey, hey, that's me right there all day long. <laughs> I guess we're. I guess we both. I guess we're. Uh, I guess we're uh, rock paper scissoring over Alyssa Milano. Uh, actually, she was born in seventy two. Man, she is one year. 
She's about six. She's seven months older than me. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. She's six months older than me. Okay. Uh, December 19th of 72. I was born May of 73. That's awesome. Heck yeah. So, yeah. So see, she got more comedy. <clears throat> so the movie ends. The host with the most. Don't forget. The host man. with the most. So the movie ends with uh, Alyssa Milano being toted out and, and like all the military's landed on the beach by now. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, she's being toted out, making everybody wish that Arnold, Arnold, that Jack Matrix was their dad. Just, John, you know, like John, John Matrix, sir. John, John Matrix. Matrix. Did I say Jack? You did. I was thinking I know, of Jack Skellington. Look, I, know, I know Jack was nimble and Jack was quick, but. Uh, yeah, John, he didn't take John, over this look, look, I was Matrix really thinking of Jack Skellington it. because, like, I would love Jack Skellington to be my dad. That's who I was thinking of, probably. No idea who you're talking about. Jack Skellington, you don't know. dude. Have you never seen Nightmare Before Christmas? No. <gasps> oh my god. Everyone has to text type message like Chris Adams needs to see Nightmare Before Christmas. I know Tim How Burton have you not movie. seen this movie? I know it's a Tim Burton movie, but it I didn't care for the look of the movie. It looked it looked kind of the way it was made. I don't care for that kind of stuff. No one, no one that doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Anyway, let's, wow. let's get past that part already. Wow. That, that could be another podcast for another day, right there. Why Chris didn't watch The Nightmare Before Christmas? Holy um, cow. That, yeah, that's a podcast. So the general wants him just to reform his unit again. All it'll take is you coming back. And he's like, no chance. No, he's like, he's like, nope. Not, this, this was the last time. As he walks off, the music kicks, and I love this. I love this song that ends the movie. I, I really do. Um, it's called "We Fight for Love," and I forget the name of the group that does it, but the song's called "We Fight for Love." So, a little trivia for you: the group that sings the song at the end of the movie. Okay, one of the people who sings and then plays that band is Michael Desbarnes. Do you know who that is? I that name escapes me. I do not know who that is. I will like, concede that I have no clue who that is. Do you like the original MacGyver? Well, heck, yeah. well, no. I you know what? As a kid, I didn't, but as an adult, I do enjoy it. Okay, so who was his mortal enemy in that show? No, I have no clue. Murdoch. I Murdoch. Okay, that was to do with the patch on. No, that I'm thinking of something else. The guy named, he was a he was a, a trained assassin named Murdoch that was they tried to kill him like four or five times throughout the whole series. There was somebody named Murdoch with a patch on his eye. And on, one, on, on one episode, he may have had a patch in his eye. Was that Airwolf? Oh well, in Airwolf, there was someone with a patch over their eye for sure too. Yeah, I don't know what his name was though. I, I you know, my parents watched MacGyver a fair bit, but when it was on. I, I didn't get into it. I appreciate it these days, but back then at my age, I hated MacGyver. It wasn't enough to me. It wasn't enough action at the time, you know, just because of my age. Well, it, it, it was a guy that played his mortal enemy Murdoch. Basically he was, he's in the, and he's also in, so, do you remember? Uh, and he was the singer for this song. You're, you're saying he, he was the singer. He, he's one of the singers, I think, and plays instruments. Uh, do you remember under siege was okay. the call? Uh, absolutely. Do you remember the guy on the submarine who tells uh, Gary Busey's character that they've done something and we can't submerge? Yes, yes. That's him. Okay, okay. That Thank is you. him. 
Under Siege is one of my favorite movies from from back then too. Absolutely, I love when Gary Busey has. A, <laughs> you know, I look like I need a psychological evaluation. Do you? And, and Tommy was like, "No, not at all." <laughs> so, Half dressed like a woman. In the scene, yeah, if, if y'all have listened, if y'all are still with us, if y'all have listened for. I know Chris has got to edit this thing, but if y'all have listened for an hour and 20 minutes or so, y'all have to go back. If you're watching this movie or you're going to watch this movie, you need to pay attention or go back and rewind. How in the hell does Arnold get so sweaty from the moment he gets, <laughs> from the moment that he's in the car parking garage to the moment he goes in the mall? Like he's completely dry. And then when he goes in the mall, it's like it's like they took a gallon of baby oil and dumped it on his head. Did you notice that? Yes. <laughs> like, like what happened? Did they have the heat turned up in the elevator? That must be it. That must be it. <laughs> do, you, do you remember I told you we were going to skip the part of it was, the shed? It was like, okay, okay, here come the muscle shots. Bring in the baby oil. Yeah, that's why they do that. You know that. Wrestlers. Oh, do, I know why yeah. they do it. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly why they do it. But uh, it was just funny to me how it was just a, it was like one moment this dude was like, it was like normal. And then like the next moment he's glistening and shiny all over. <laughs> Now, do do you remember the part about the shed that I skipped over? I didn't talk about much. Where he's hurt and he goes in and makes his way out of it at the end where he's blowing things up. Yeah. Uh, so during the scene of the shed, do you remember he cuts the, the one soldier's arm off? Yes. So they were, it says he was originally supposed to hit the victim with it and say, need a hand? <laughs> Yeah, he do the hand. But they thought but they thought they thought that was too macabre, so they didn't do it. Okay, so I have a question too. So when I rewatched this, I got um I didn't get it. It's free somewhere right now, or it's coming to it's coming to Hulu soon for free. So y'all can see it on Hulu for free. If you have well, not for free. If you pay for the subscription or whatever for Hulu, it will be coming to Hulu very soon. Um as of right now, I rented it on um, Amazon Prime for $2.99, but I re rented the director's cut. Now, the director's cut, <laughs> the director's cut is 92 minutes, okay? And I believe the theatrical cut is like 80 something. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to figure out, I, I know there's a little bit more gore, or there's a few other little things that they, you know, but. There's such a small, it's only like a two minute difference. I'm wondering what is the difference in the director's cut versus the original, the original 91. So the, the original was 91 minutes. So it's one minute. One. The original is 91 minutes. The director cut, director's cut is 92 minutes. What 60 seconds of, of, of footage did I gain? I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. Maybe you know, it's the opening because it seemed like so when the opening where we were talking about the chainsaw and everything, yeah, they were they, it seemed like they pan they, so they pan to the boots that they were wearing that he was wearing, so you saw his feet hit you know what I mean like it, it, it did a chainsaw and then the boots and then it kind of panned up through his body and then showed him carrying the tree. Right. I'm wondering. I don't remember that originally. Was that in the original cut? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. 
So I, I'm, yeah. wondering, I'm wondering what 60 seconds I gained by this. I don't know. Well, do you remember how you made comment earlier about the clothes that um, Bennett was wearing? That Vernon Wells plays the character Bennett. You were like yes. the little chainmail thing he had on, all this other stuff. You notice how tight Absolutely. it looked on him? Yeah. Like, you said beer belly look and all this stuff. Okay. Right. This, is, this is really funny. It was not really funny, but, you know, this is this might be part of the reason why. Uh, he wasn't the original actor cast to play Bennett. He did audition for the role, but he lost it the road to Wings Hauser. Oh. On the first day of filming, however, director Mark Lester fired Hauser and then hired Wells. This is the reason that Bennett's clothes seemed so tight because Wells was bigger than Hauser and the production didn't have time to make a new costume. Interesting. Maybe so it might have looked that that outfit so the outfits may that outfit may have looked completely different on the other dude. It might have looked way better. Right. Right. And did you know the mansion used in the final shootout between Matrix and Arius or Aris, the form what uh says the former Harold Lloyd estate in Beverly Hills? It's the same mansion seen in the final shootout between Axel Foley and Victor Maitland and Beverly Hills Cop. No way. Yep. That's cool. Both Matrix and Foley were trying to rescue somebody named Jenny. Jenny. That's hilarious. They that were. Was- she, she needs to come back to me with the green bow, Alabama. Hey, all they needed was something like that in Forrest Gump, right? That would have been just awesome. I, mean, I just want to say how awesome eh? Bill Duke is in every movie he is. Like, I don't even know if Bill Duke is even an actor. I feel like that's just that dude. Because like everything I've ever seen him in, he's just the same dude. But he plays his part to perfection. He does, but he's been in plenty of movies, though. Not just Bill Duke is awesome. Not just movies where he's a uh, bad guys like at her army or something. He's been in other stuff as well. Oh yeah. So, um, the film came out. One, I'm, I'm gonna get one last uh, trivia thing in here, and I'm gonna stop in the trivia because we're really pushing our time. But right. the film, the film came out the same year as a similarly themed Rambo: First Blood Part Two, starring Sylvester Stallone. Both films performed well at the box office, although Stallone's film was a much bigger hit and cultural global phenomenon. The fact that Stallone and Schwarzenegger had competing films out in the same year fueled the Stallone versus Schwarzenegger rivalry that went on for years, both with each other and in the media. Because, you know, it was said by one of them, I forget if it was Stallone or Schwarzenegger, that I think it was Schwarzenegger on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy uh, Fallon, one of the others said that, Every time they did a new movie, it was about who could kill more people, who could yeah. do it a more creative way, who could hold the bigger gun, or whatever yeah. the case may be. That, that that's that, like Arnold tricking. That's like Arnold tricking Stallone into doing st- stopping my mama <laughs> shoot. <laughs> that was awesome too. The way he told that. That's a true story. How cool is. is that? It is a very true <laughs> story. That is all, and uh, you know, uh, Stallone admits it too. It's stopping my mama shoot is hilarious. I love that movie. Oh my gosh! Uh, this, uh, you know what I'm gonna watch after this when I hadn't watched it in a long time. I'm gonna watch Red Heat. Don't I have Jim Belushi in it? It does. But look, I lied. I got one more piece of trivia. You're not gonna believe. This okay. is the, this is the absolute last one. I'm gonna stop. Okay. Schwarzenegger was not cast as uh, I mean was not the original choice for John Matrix. I'm gonna guess. Huh? I'm gonna guess. 85. You'll never guess it. 
I will guess it. They don't go for uh is it off the wall? You would not expect this person, but he's been in movies before that that was good. So it's not it's not your usual action star then? No. He is not a Chuck Norris or a Schwarzenegger or a Stallone. Really? Because Chuck was my first guess. No. Give me a was he okay, so give me a genre. Who who do you what do you normally do? Action. Uh, uh, he's been action and drama both. He has been a cop. He's been a buddy cop. Rutger Hauer. Nope. Jim Belushi. Nope. Okay, Tom Hanks. Nope. Okay, I give up. Nick Nolte. Wow. I Honestly, dude, back then I could Nick say- Nolte was the original choice of John Matrix, but Schwarzenegger was cast instead, it says. Honestly, it would have been a completely different movie, but I could I could see that back then for sure. I could see Rutger Howard too, but it would have been straight to video. Okay, real quick before we have to end the before I have to end the podcast. Aside from okay, aside from Conan the Barbarian, all right. If somebody needs to go watch the Schwarzenegger movie right now, what's the one they need to watch? Aside from Conan, because uh, you know that's everybody's only- favorite. Oh, we Everybody's favorite goes without saying. Conan the Barbarian is the best Schwarzenegger movie. No argument, no debate. Are we only talking 80s? No, any movie. Man, True Lies. I want to see if you got the same pick I got. True Lies. Okay. You got the same pick I got. Yeah, True Lies. That's got to be it. Uh, True yeah. Lies was great. Eraser was great. Collateral Commando Damage was great. great. Yeah, Collateral Damage was a great movie. And, he, and, and what was great about Collateral Damage is that he was not... He, he he wasn't the regular Arnold. He wasn't right. the, he wasn't the super bad guy that could destroy an army. He's just an everyday husband looking to get his wife. Dude, back. dude, he okay, it's been I don't maybe within the last five years. It's since 2015, I know. Yeah, no, since 2011, because it's based on 2011. Okay, there is a movie that he made. I cannot remember the name of it, but he is a his his wife and daughter died on one of the flights. Or it, I may be wrong. It may be just a plane on plane crash. But he looked. You no, know, it is. It's a plane on plane crash or something. Are you sure? Yeah, that's yeah, not, are you sure that's not collateral damage? No, 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 no. This is. He's older in this movie. Uh, it, it, it's a his his wife and daughter died in a plane crash, and he looks up the he finds the pilot that was flying the plane, and all the man wants is an apology. Like this movie is so incredible. I, I watched this. Oh. last year. Okay. Um, you know what I'm talking about then? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Why you talk about uh, a complete departure from Arnold, dude. Like this one is a complete departure from anything you've ever seen Arnold do uh, to me. Uh, it, it's dude. It's, it's so amazing. And I cannot remember the name of it. It saved my life. Um, aftermath. It's called aftermath. Look it up. Is that it? I'm trying to see. I don't see aftermath in here. Uh, it's when he was older. You said, right? Yeah, uh, 2017. 2017. Uh, he he he's oh, trying yeah. to air traffic controller. Is the air traffic controller not the pilot? Yeah, there is. It may, it may, he made two planes crash together. He plays a character called Roman. Yes, that movie is incredible. And another departure is uh, even though it's still kind of actiony. Um, I've only seen it once, but Copland, I think, or no, Last Stand. Copland was Arnold. Last Stand is the sheriff of a town. 
Yeah, Last Stand. So Last, Last Stand was great too. Yeah. And Copland is Sylvester Stallone, isn't it? Right, I think so. All right. So if y'all need to go watch one movie with Arnold in it right now, we both vote True Lies. True Lies. It's hands down True Lies. Got to be. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way to end it then. We did good with that. We had a great time talking about Commando. It's such a fun movie. We probably could have, truthfully, the way me and you go, we could have talked another half hour on Commando easy. I guarantee it. But, I mean, it's such a fun movie. Really and truly, they're in a movie Travis and I don't watch and we don't find fun and can talk about forever. Right. Um, we're doing Running so, Man. In the Arnold series, we're doing Running Man next. I wanted to do Running Man tonight, but I did not want to do it because I just listened to an episode of a different show that did Running Man just the other day. So I didn't want to do that and put it out so close to when this particular show did their. Okay, fine. We'll do a junior and twins combo. I am not junior and twins combo because junior junior with a 10 foot pole. No, junior was awesome. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, but both movies have him and Danny DeVito. I am pulling rank on this one. (laughs) No, you're not trusting junior. We are not doing junior. Never. That movie was so terrible. <laughs> we will do we'll do stop or my mom will shoot before we do junior. What about rhinestone? What did rhinestone next? Oh, I, I, I can get away with rhinestone a lot easier than I could junior. <laughs> oh my god. Hey junior, oh god. hey you you know what junior is? That, that that's the rhinestone for Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, it, for real. Seriously. It that's is. the one movie of his I, I honestly I didn't like. So that being said, I'm about to tell the people where they can find us at. Normally, right. you can find Travis stuck at work because he's hardly ever here anymore. True <laughs> but, story. True story. Other than that, you can I'm find building the airplanes, y'all. I'm protecting the world. He's building airplanes. <laughs> Let's give him some credit here. Well, I'm the jump out of. That's right. But to be, well, I can't even say it now. He's right. He builds airplanes for a living. Arnold Schwarzenegger does not jump out of them. Don't let him fool you. But he does <laughs> He does stay really yeah. busy, unfortunately. He couldn't even fit in the F-16, I'm sure. I'm sure he couldn't. Uh, but well, what's that he's in in True Lies? What's that plane he lands on and gets in? Oh, no, that's probably, that, those come out. That's a C-130. There you go. Uh, well, well, C-130s are in a lot of movies. I don't know if that's a C-130 that you're talking about, but the C-130s, the the Hercules, just Google C-130 Hercules. They're incredible. The Ghost Rider, two of those planes would remodel the entire Atlanta. Like, they would pick a city. Two, go, two CJ, or uh, yeah, C-130 J series uh, Ghost Rider. That will remodel any town in the world. Wow, <laughs> I don't know if that's what he was in or not, but he was in some kind of plane. He, he did fit in the cockpit of something, we'll say. So C-130s have been around for many, 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 many years. The no. Ghost Rider's just the newest block. I'm sorry, I'm giving away too much information. You're too much. Uh, they're going to fire you. They're going to be like, you like trade secrets. <laughs> Dude, you can go and uh, say, so just real quick, I'm sorry, I know we're trying to get out of here, but look, there's, a, there's an overlook at at my place of employment to where you Chris or anyone listening, you can go to it. You can pull out your cell phone. You can take pictures of planes. You can zoom in. You can take video, everything else. If I go out there on my lunch break and I take a picture, I'm in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Cause I work there. So that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah, it's crazy. 
That being said, we can be found on iTunes. We can be found on Spotify, the two main places that everybody listens to you know podcasts at, I believe. But we're also on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Music. We can be found on Stitcher. We can be found on Podbean, I was told the other day. Uh, quite a few places that are practically anywhere you get your podcast, you will find us there. The only thing I ask you to do, and it's a huge thing you can do for us, is if you go into iTunes, if you listen to us on iTunes, leave a rating and a review. It takes just a few minutes. It's not to be a big review, just a little one-liner saying, Not hey. even minutes. Not, not even minutes. Even. No, not even. You can say, hey, love the show, or uh, hated it, or whatever you want to do. You know, I mean, leave us a, just a review on there, uh, up, up to a five-star rating, five stars preferably. Uh, the more that you do this for us, uh, the more people that do it, the more it helps the show break into the rankings so i'm really trying to break into the rankings and get us up there um and build the following to the show the show has grown so much in the last year and i really appreciate that for one for the people and that will constitute us getting better guests that will constitute us getting better equipment that will constitute us i say us you know i I love chris and i started this thing with chris so it's always going to be us but i'm supporting chris because i'm a a guest co-host these days i'm not full-time so but I still say us because I'm retro life for you, fam, for sure. But it will 100% help Chris elevate the podcast and continue to elevate the podcast as he has done over the past few years. Yes, because it's, it is true what you're saying. The more popular of a show, the more likely um, a person is to come on. And yes, be and it becomes show. worth it. It becomes worth it to the person who's doing it to invest more of their time and more of their own personal income and monetary gains toward this. Right. So, I mean, it's just make sure, you you know, the biggest thing you can do, like people have asked me before, how can I support the podcast? Uh, whether it be, you know, financially or just whatever, like word of mouth, the biggest thing that helps me is word of mouth because the, the more popular the show becomes, the more downloads per episode I start to get, uh, the bigger in the rankings I become, like Travis said, the more bigger guests will start coming on and stop. You know, I don't have to reach out. So maybe much even sponsors at some point. And my yeah, difference. Yeah, sponsors will make a huge difference, and I wouldn't be paying out of pocket for the hosting and everything and stuff. So that would make a huge difference. But the biggest thing is that word of mouth deal and those ratings and reviews. They help the most. If you want to do the other route, uh, if you go to Anchor.fm or if you go to my profile on Instagram. There's two different ways. Anchor.fm has something that says support the podcast. And it, basically, it's like going to YouTube when someone does a YouTube live and you're tipping them via YouTube and everything. That's what it allows you to do. And my link on Instagram is called Buy Me a Coffee. It's like a virtual coffee thing where really and truly you're just tipping like you would be any other way. So it, it explains everything if you look at it if you want to go that route. But like I said, most importantly, word of mouth ratings reviews share with your friends and family talk about the show eventually i'll get some shirts designed where you can even if you want to buy a shirt and wear it you can do that as well so yeah like they say like they say on youtube uh 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 hit that like button uh smash (laughs) that subscribe and the notifications y'all gotta do the sharing subscribing and notifications popularity is king that's what we need we need shares and subscribes what he and, said and all the other stuff what he said <laughs> yeah
On that note, Travis, we're going to go ahead and end this one, man. Thanks for being on this week. Uh, look forward to the next time you're on with us, and we'll knock a couple out or something, see what we can do. And uh, Travis is not full-time, like you said, but he is going to be in the, the words most, the most of my favorite action hero. In the words of my favorite action hero, even though I'm not full-time, I'll be back. <laughs>